0: That's stamps.com. Code Program.
1: It's 96. BudPod 96. Is that anything?
2: 96. We're just about getting into a range of exam results that would have been acceptable
1: from me during my <laughs> primary school years. <laughs> Uh, Now, were the stereotypes uh, true, Phil? Did you have uh, that level of pressure in in everything except the arts? Oh, definitely. I
2: mean, in my Chinese school in Malaysia, uh, we'd... One teacher, with one teacher, every teacher had a cane, and with one teacher, you got a smack with the cane for every percentage point you got off of 90 (laughs) <laughs> Jesus Christ so if you got 89 percent you got one hit if you got 88 percent you got two i mean God forbid if you didn't turn up and got zero because that was <laughs> ninety no well, i don't think i doubt i one doubt that got that bad but it it like i couldn't it was uh, I, I couldn't fathom i was like what if someone gets thirty
1: what if someone gets thirty <laughs> percent If someone gets 30%, then it's like a scene from The Passion of the Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Just streaming blood and being forced to walk around the school. Just flesh flying around the room, staining the walls. (laughs) (laughs) But did this happen with English?
2: Oh, I don't have any recollection of our English classes in Chinese school. I've done it all. It... No, I remember with Chinese class, Malay class. Uh, the Malay teacher had quite a thin cane, so I didn't mind getting hit with uh, in Malay because the 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 pain was very sharp and very short. The Chinese teacher, I still I can remember the thickness of their canes to this day. Chinese teacher had quite a thick, sturdy cane. It was the most painful. Um, so I, I tried we- to avoid hers if I could, which was you know, which was precarious because Chinese was you know harder than malay at the time
1: were they were these things made out of rattan or what
2: that's right yeah we call them rattan.
1: oh man I, like it's it's funny because normally in british media when you interview someone about corporal punishment they're in the sort of mid to late 60s or above uh-huh yeah probably older <laughs> um, that's right and they, they it's always like a really like nice old man in tweed who sort of insists that it turned him into, like, a monster. <laughs> I couldn't believe it when I came over here and, you know,
2: I was like, Mummy, did you know that here it's illegal to hit children? <laughs> I was so, I was amazed.
1: <laughs> and there's almost no mining at all.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it I was, it was just like a fairy tale end to me.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I was just amazed at the... The shit, the shit that kids could get away with. I mean, I didn't even go to a school where you got hit with sticks, but even I was a kind of astonished that I, I was now surrounded by kids who, from my point of view, were like a kind of, you know, northern northern version of the kids from fucking Peter Pan.
2: <laughs> uh, but South Africa feels like a cany kind of place.
1: Yeah, it's it. It started. There are still, I think, there are still places now where you can get get caned, and it's still very much a smack your kids as a parents place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, but it's been a while since the English speaking, historically white, Anglican style, if not Anglican sort of schools would would do that.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's a trickle down effect of child related. Um, of uh, child-related, what's the word? Scandal uh, from yes. the top echelons of
1: Christianity is it trickle down <laughs> nervousness? Fair. I guess. <laughs> to be fair, in Afri, in, in, at least in South Africa, but I mean, from what I'm told, most of Africa, the teachers could more than rely on the parents to beat the fuck out of their kids <laughs> for a bad result. Yeah, I remember some like some some of my sort of fellow
2: students parents were so brutal the teacher instead of and they the tea, and if the teacher knew this instead of threatening the kid with being caned by them themselves they would say i'm going to tell your father and that
1: would scare the kids more oh yeah i can imagine oh man yeah well that's it i think the beatings uh in south africa these days are mostly outsourced yeah they had a big, they had a big meeting and they said, uh, do you know that this could be done by freelance volunteers for free?
2: <laughs> you know, we can actually entrust this to the community. <laughs> it's look, the community, it's a big society.
1: society.
2: Yeah. The communities, they, they can themselves much better than, than the institutions can.
1: Yeah. Look, we need to decentralize
2: beatings.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's time for big government to accept that local, decentralized, federal beatings can be applied more accurately and more specifically by local representatives who are deputized rather than... Uh, some bigwig in London telling us who we should beat, over, and it takes months to find out.
2: That's right, devolved beatings. Devolved. <laughs> that's that's what the colonial countries believe in. Devolved beatings,
1: sadistic national pummeling. The SNP. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm trying to come I, up with a, uh, um, one for Plaid Cymru, but it's far too complicated. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I I love the idea of um, being annoyed because you only find out you need to beat your kid like two months late.
2: Right. I only As find in, out about this now. Huh? As in, I only find out about this now. I've got to beat my kid and like the kid's currently good. Exactly,
1: but... yeah, exactly. the kid's <laughs> mended his ways, and it's still too fucking late, yeah, and yeah it's also that thing with like dogs like if you if you're trying to train a dog, you need to give them a treat like immediately after they've done the good thing, right, 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 Or they don't associate it, so the idea of being punished by being smacked like two months later is like the kind of thing you'd impose on someone to break their spirit in a in a camp like Guantanamo, mm. Mm, I mean, Chinese Just, school felt like Guantanamo from time to time. It sounds like Guantanamo. How do you think it's affected you? Do you think that you're a, 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 changed, a changed man? Can you detect fellow sufferers?
2: Um, in the UK, it's rare to meet anyone else who was um, hit at school as a kid. I, I don't know if I, I've said this, either, if not on this podcast and on other things, that um, uh, I, have a f- I got a fear of authority from it. Yeah, uh, which you know isn't so bad anymore, um, and also and, and and it's made me averse to risk. I think I think you and I have spoken about my aversion to risk, and yes, I think Chinese school was a large part of that. Like, it, because you know the idea that uh, a small mistake can lead to great punishment mm-hmm. has made me very risk averse. In my later life.
1: Yes, yeah. A little slip-up, which you have to blame yourself for. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, I wonder. Yeah, it's definitely rare in the UK, of course. I, th- I guess you'd have to basically just only ever assume someone else had it if they also went to Chinese school in Malaysia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I wonder. I, that, that would have been funny if um, listeners at the time of recording last night, Boris Johnson, uh, recording on Tuesday, the 5th of January, 2021. And last night, Boris Johnson came on the TV and said to everyone, it's back. <laughs> the disease is back. You'll never guess what happened when we let everyone lick each other. But the disease is back. I mean, can you um, imagine
2: if the Christmas relaxation went ahead? I mean that's that's what I like to think about. It's like wow, this, oh, fucking this is hell, yeah. how Yeah How bad would it have been? Would it have made no difference? Would it, would everyone just Someone, be dead now? Today?
1: Yeah. Someone on Twitter pointed out that uh because you know the, the all their little kids had like one day of school.
2: Oh right.
1: Yeah. So all the little kids had one day of school, which was enough, uh, and that was one day. Was that one day was enough for a load of kids from the areas where they did have Christmas to mix with the ones where they didn't? (laughs) Just for one day. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know he's going to hold another fucking press conference today at five. What? Why? I think just. I know. (laughs) Don't. (laughs) Don't. People won't even notice. Just don't. He's like the Joker at this point.
2: Oh, yeah, because yesterday wasn't a press conference, I guess. Yesterday was just a Joker-esque announcement, and today it's, it's, it's taking questions, right?
1: Yeah, which, to be fair to Boris Johnson, the Joker never seems to be willing to let the press corps have their say.
2: That's right. That's right. And, and you know, not a lot can be said in favour of Boris Johnson in comparison to the Joker, but you have to give him credit for at least taking the occasional question.
1: <laughs> yes yeah very few very, very few versions of the batman universe have uh various people with press tickets in their trilby saying uh uh mr uh joker was it uh i have some questions about the financial implications of your proposal although i'm almost certain
2: something like that did happen in the 60s batman series there's always wacky yeah. shit where suddenly the Joker would be opening a zoo and everyone would be like, well, oh, I guess I'll go and visit the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> even, though, even though he's been to jail 2,600 times. Even though he's a domestic
1: terrorist? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like, yeah, that's like, a, hey, the Unabomber just opened a goldfish shop. Shall we all go to the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's probably all right now. Yeah. Ah oh, I, I can't wait to go to on a, a, to Osama bin Laden's new theme park. <laughs> Apparently westerners enter free.
2: It's um yeah it's all just burrows and hills. It's all <laughs> underground and caves. And yeah um, yeah instead of getting a photograph of you on the ride you get a grainy video. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Everyone has to wear those kind of camo jackets. <laughs> there's um, there's like a, uh, uh, like a haunted house ride, but it's just full of like women in bikinis and the CIA.
2: <laughs> yeah, just a woman showing off her ankle.
1: Yeah, it's just it, the ride is just full of secular values and Navy SEAL assassination teams,
2: and like Roman legionnaires. Because they're obsessed with Romans, the um, yeah, Al Qaeda and and everything that's followed. They're obsessed with Romans.
1: They, they hate the Romans, which is so yeah. old school. They are old school. They've sort of they've sort of gone. You know what? we we're, we're gonna we're gonna be consistent across thousands of years here.
2: But what's interesting, what's funny, is that they are very comfortable to just say the Americans are the Romans now because they have to follow this ancient doctrine of defeating. Uh, the Romans and establishing the caliphate, but all the Romans now just sort of are in Rome, eating mm. and drinking, <laughs> and not really getting up to much, except you know, looking good at, as policemen, but not really doing very much. And um, but, um, but now, so now the Al Qaeda and all they're like, well, America is. Rome. But there's a real conflict of of consistency there, of going, like, we we are still fighting the Romans, uh, but America is Rome. So it's like, in that case, why don't we just
1: say, we, we are fighting America? <laughs> yeah, why, why do you have to keep couching everything in that kind of language? I guess... <sighs> do, the, do the crazy Christians do that? Do they go on about... Um, I suppose they do go on about pagans.
2: Hmm... Mm. No, I mean to 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 their credit, I I can't remember the last time I heard a Christian slagging off the pagans, heathens.
1: Yeah, no. To be fair, neither of us are are exposed to the rabid uh, American style of Christianity.
2: That's true. Extremist Christianity has not had the prominence that extremist Islam has had in the last couple of decades. I'm sure if you were able to infiltrate the seventh Baptist apostle uh, <laughs> sepulcher of Birmingham, Louisiana consort, then you might hear some stuff about the pagans.
1: Yeah, if you went to a, a, a snake handler's tent to hear and it's always someone whose name is like the Reverend Jerry Foldswell that's right I get no that's it would be
2: like the what's it the the Baptist Church what are the crazy homophobic the one that the one that Louis threw sees every weekend oh um
1: the oh God the the Westboro Westboro Baptist Westboro. Church yeah yeah yeah. that's it
2: that's it. yeah that, that's that's the equivalent right.
1: Yeah, and it's funny, isn't it, that those guys are so extreme and so insane, but they, they have decided to just keep to themselves and just and just post really offensive videos and do protests, but but when I say keep to themselves, obviously I mean they pick at funerals. That's not exactly shy, but <laughs> yeah. But they're not
2: they're not exactly they're not hankering for new members. They're not out there yeah. trying to recruit.
1: Yeah, they they they're not trying to make themselves appealing and they haven't flown into any buildings yet. Not yet, they haven't taken the fight to to downtown New York in quite the same way. um no. I always wonder why, like if they're so certain of themselves, or I guess maybe I don't know, there's no logic to it. You're a fool to search for logic in a in a big pile of shit,
2: yeah, yeah, I mean, logic left their brains a long time ago. <laughs>
0: To get started visit plushcare.com slash weight loss that's plushcare.com slash weight loss
1: I always wonder with those guys if there's like a kind of particular like magical question like sometimes you you hear these these apocryphal stories of some great philosopher who sort of broke everyone's mind with this one great statement you know mm-hmm. like uh, you'll hear about some guy in a toga who is in front of a crowd of Ancient Greeks, and he just said something about how the sun moved, and everyone went whoa. And then no one liked Zeus anymore, you know. Just it changed <laughs> everything. Is there yeah, a or way? Yeah, like,
2: like when Jesus when Jesus got on, up on a rock and he said, "Don't kill your neighbors," and everyone's like, "What the f- holy sh? Holy <laughs> shit! This is like the nicest guy I've ever met."
1: Yeah, and loads of people at the back of the crowd were like, "Where did he say don't?" <laughs>
2: <laughs> honor your parents and a guy who's just kicking his dad on the ground is like what huh oh come on pops get up you, you gotta hear this <laughs> hey uh, uh, hey I've been going about this all wrong but <laughs> well, I guess it's like when you're you know I was I remember doing engineering you know so one of the lectures you know one of the lectures said you know someone invented the wheelbarrow and and they go, you don't, you don't think about that as something having been invented, but someone invented the wheelbarrow, and I guess you can apply that to morality, right? I mean, someone yeah. Someone had to invent the wheelbarrow, and someone had to say, "Don't kill that person you've just happened to chance across."
1: Yeah, or like um, you know the the story of the Good Samaritan. Yes, I was just
2: thinking about that.
1: Which literally, like, like I swear to God, my my entire school career was being told the parable of the Good Samaritan about once every two days. <laughs> yeah. Endless. But, like, as much as I'm absolutely fucking sick to death of it, it is amazing that, like you say, someone like re- was a total revolutionary by going, don't let someone bleed to death on the side of the road. But what, I, what I've always found funny about the Good Samaritan
2: is the subtext of the story. Because we, we, the, the version we like is the Good Samaritan. A Samaritan is someone who is good. But the whole subtext of the story is that the Samaritans were famously dickheads. And, <laughs> but, and, and you and most of them just walked past this guy. But this one... And I, the subtext of the story, I'm pretty sure, is this guy was even a Samaritan. He was a Samaritan. He was from Samaritan, and you know those dickheads. You know what those pieces of shit are like. And even he stopped to help this guy. So if a fucking Samaritan, a Samaritan can get go out of their
1: way to help someone, I think you can too. I think I think the the most valuable like meta message in the story is that. Even thousands of years ago, these people who you'd never fucking heard of before today were still obsessed with how much they hated their immediate neighbours, who you've also never heard of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can you imagine doing a, a
2: gig in, I don't know, uh, ancient Jerusalem, or well, what, what would have been coexistent with Samaritan? What even is the town of Samar- Samaritium? Damascus. Some, okay, so you're some, doing a gig in Damascus. Okay, yeah. And then you go, so I was in Samaritan and everyone goes,
0: oh,
2: <laughs> I bet they helped you out with something. And everyone goes, ah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I walked past the Samaritan the other day. <laughs> yeah, so a Samaritan walks into a bar.
2: And doesn't get a single round, and everyone's like, eh, "It sounds like them." That's <laughs> oh, no, no, just seen. This is how much I, how, <laughs> how much I miss gigging, Pierre. I generally felt just now. Oh, I'd love to do a gig in biblical,
1: in the biblical Middle East, <laughs> <laughs> like one of those fucking time travel episodes of The Simpsons.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: that's, that's... I mean, like
2: a Futurama or something. I, I'd I'd love to.
1: No, they don't really go back in time in Futurama. That's uh, that's how much uh, we miss gigging. Is that we're we're getting a a small spike of adrenaline at the idea of 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 slamming a Samaritan heckler <laughs> when they shout something out, and saying, "Oh, oh, you're a Samaritan, aren't you? I don't need your help up here." <laughs> yeah, And everyone's like, "Ooh." <laughs>
2: what's wrong You've never seen stand-up before what are you a philistine and, oh, then, like, very <laughs> and then the one philistine in the room's like covering his
1: face like <laughs> and when they film it they have to keep showing shots of philistines and <laughs> laughing to make yeah, everyone feel like it's, like it's okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, i'd love to I'd love to rip on the Philistines. It'd be so easy. Hey, what are you going to, A bunch of people so stupid that your nickname is the nickname for people who are stupid.
2: <laughs> but then every time a camera fixes on a Luddite, they scream.
1: <laughs> and they, they think their
2: soul is being stolen. <laughs> <sighs> do,
1: you anyway. think, um, do you think you could ever do stand-up like... Or do you think one could ever do stand-up to the Amish? Um, you'd have to shout. <laughs> you'd, the room would need good acoustics because I'm guessing a microphone's out of the question. They'd have to rename it, and all the army should be like, "Oh, did you hear? There's a new scream-up show." <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh yeah, English. There's a new scream-up show coming to town.
2: Uh,
1: <laughs> And it would have to be, like, clean anecdotes about funny things that have happened with agricultural animals and tools. I mean, that that
2: is a sort of obvious subtlety that I didn't didn't really notice until I read this book about the history of American comedy, which is, you know a stand-up is like a 20th century phenomenon? Yeah. It's only a 20th century phenomenon because it required the invention of the microphone which you, you should, I never thought about
1: yeah that's true you you can't get any subtlety or variation in delivery if you if you're a, a bellowing um you yeah. know minstrel well that's why all comedy before stand up was you know the fucking shakespeare
2: clowns going well i do protest that my balls are blue or whatever just <laughs> screaming and shitting on the stage because that's the only way it's to good me- stuff <laughs> Genius, absolute genius. It's still better than comedy today.
1: To be fair, if that came back in the right form, it would win awards. That's true, yeah. Yeah. A return to form for comedy at last, The Guardian. <laughs>
2: yeah, truly fearless. Fearless. Um Important. visceral comedy. Yeah. You know what I always what I'm I always noticed about comedy criticism, especially in the UK and kind of comedy criticism that centers around the comedy festivals of, like, Edinburgh, um, is that, you know, they if you're a stand-up and you talk about your dick, people are like, ah, so lazy. Yeah. Basic, to be talking about your penis. But if you're someone who says you're a clown, a boundary-pushing clown, and you show everyone your dick five stars, Brave. Visceral. So you're better off showing people your penis in avant-garde comedy than telling them about it, which is more (laughs) vulgar somehow.
1: Yeah, Yeah, they hate the idea that you've thought about your penis, but if you just fling it in their faces, (laughs) they clap like delighted toddlers. (laughs) Like when you jingle keys for a kid (laughs) as you flap your dick and balls around.
2: I can't think of a single modern clowning show that hasn't ended with a man naked on stage. Like, every single one. And to the point where I'm like, this clowning course everyone you all talk about, is it just like... Do you learn clowning or, like, striptease? Like, every every single clown, <laughs> every modern clown I've ever seen ends their show getting naked.
1: <laughs> do you think... um do you, It's like the new ukulele. That's right, that's right. Getting naked on stage is the new ukulele. And also, do you remember there was a phase where the most scandalous thing an all-male sketch group could do was a really big, like, tongue kiss?
2: Ugh. Yeah, it's it's incredibly what, lame. And it's um, what was that? The late noughties? They know, from time to time. You still, you you know, you still see it. Like if there's nothing else to go for, a gay kiss, and it, it's it's like it's like a an ejector seat. Yeah. For a sketch that isn't going well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> the gay kiss
2: replaced uh dad. Right, 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 right. The reveal yeah. that the person you're talking about is your father, the <laughs> fucking clown. You've been hearing crazy shit from from the last three minutes. Is actually your dad. <laughs> yeah, that, that when we were at university, Pierre, you, you and I, when we were at university, that was sort of the hack way out of a sketch. It was that you know. Because you write a sketch where you're like, so it's about me and I'm talking to a balloon salesman and the balloon salesman thinks the balloons are uh, made of pudding and I have to try and (laughs) tell him that they're made of pudding. And so for three minutes you're going, those aren't pudding, those are (laughs) balloons. And the weird character's going, no, these are balloons, look, they're floating. And you're going, no, they're on the ground and they're melting because they're pudding. And then eventually you get to the end of these three minutes and you go, well, I've kind of sort of (laughs) spent the whole pudding balloon idea. Um, How do we get out of this?
1: Um, Dad, we miss you. Come home. Huge (laughs) round of applause, lights down. Don't give anyone time to think about why on earth you would bother to debate the merits of putting balloons with your clearly very ill father. (laughs) 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 To be fair, if I actually saw that sketch that you just described these days, I would lose my mind. (laughs) Well, yeah, now it's like... (laughs)
2: form-breaking, self-referencing, real inside baseball stuff. That's like a
1: comedian's comedian sketch, what I've just described. Yes, yes, yes. Very much so, the the dad reveal. That would have to be on in a kind of cool basement during the Fringe, either very early in the morning or astonishingly late at night. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Oh, I miss miss comedy now. It's only taken uh, almost a year. But I do. I think I've decided now that I actually I do miss it. <laughs> yeah, I miss it very much.
2: I miss talking to a room of uh, people uncomfortable. I was. I was, I. I've just remembered the time I did a um, pretty raucous gig full of absolute scumbags in Leicester Square, and at one point a guy was so annoyed with the guy behind him that he just spun around and grabbed him by the neck and started choking him while I was on stage. Like, <laughs> literally choking him out. And I miss that. <laughs> I never thought I would, but I miss that. <laughs> I miss watching one, one scam, scumbag strangling another scumbag in a scummy room in the scummiest square in London.
1: I miss it. I miss uh I miss watching um I miss watching a a, a sort of uh, an 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 Essex an Essex lad on a, a of some kind on a December a December night out wearing that shirt they all have wearing the shirt that they all share. <laughs> um and wearing those chinos where they 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 finish about half a meter above the ankle with big socks all pulled up and brown leather sort of loafer boat shoe things. Yep. Immaculately gelled hair, bursting out of the toilets of that, probably the same gig in Leicester Square that you're describing, still not even quite putting the bag of cocaine back in his top pocket. <laughs> With a look on his face that says, I want to have as bad a time as possible.
2: There are some gigs I look back on now and think, I I got how on earth. Did I survive that? <laughs> yes. How on earth did I get any laughs? I feel like a real survivor, you know. When I think of, yeah, some, of the, you... some of the gigs I've done.
1: Jeez. Yeah, I, was, I had the same thing. I was thinking about some of the Christmas gigs I've done in like places like Hereford, where like bouncers had to like drag people out by their heads, and you think <laughs> I was on stage telling jokes during that actual like crime. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I've, I've, watched... I've told. I watched Battery. I watched a, a live
2: choking happen in front of me. <laughs> yeah, yes. And I, I stayed on my stage. Po- I, continu- I did my job, Pierre. I, I did my job. And where's my Thursday night applause? Where's yeah. my applause?
1: I did my time.
2: Arguably, my applause was that night when I said, thank you, good night. But where's my <laughs> applause
1: now? <laughs> and the guy clapped by releasing and re-gripping the man's neck. He just slapped the guy's neck with his other free yeah. hand.
2: Blop, blah blah blah.
1: And the guy was going, oh, oh, like, oh, well done, you know. It was, they it, both had a great time. You honestly
2: choked him like Homer Simpson chokes Bart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Oh, my God. It's it's insane, isn't it? Do you think after this that like, comedians will be like Ebenezer Scrooge and we'll all be so pathetically like uh, grateful and 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 like almost like that kind of American comedian who's just like uh, just just great to have the stage time. Oh, you mean Scrooge post conversion. Yeah, like we've been visited by the three ghosts of corona over like a year and now we're just oh, going to yeah. be like so pleased to have even these terrible gigs. Never
2: underestimate Pierre My ability to get bored with something. (laughs) I think second gig back, I'll be like, oh, fuck this bullshit.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, our first gig back, there'll be someone screaming in the front row with coke dust under their nose still, because it's their first night out in a year, and we'll just go. We won't be used to the interruptions and the heckles, so we'll go overboard in our reaction. Fuck you, right to their face.
2: (laughs) <laughs>
1: uh, uh,
2: what are your predictions, Pierre? Where are we going to be? They're saying... They're saying... Well, they're saying that all the vulnerables will get their first dose done by mid-Feb, which seems like a big aim to me.
1: Um, I, I am really confident in this government's ability to fuck everything up, so... That's right, that's right. Uh, March, I guess, for the... I like The Vulnerables. That's the sequel to Les Miserables.
2: Yeah, and The Invincibles. (laughs) It's the other story of The Invincibles, The the Vulnerables.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a a much more harrowing movie, The Vulnerables. (laughs) A lady who can't stretch. Uh um right yeah i think maybe like march or something like i think we might start going back to normal in like june july it'll be like a repeat of last year hilariously of course of course um what about you what do you reckon i i that's that's kind of it for me for predictions i i i don't see them doing anything sensible like hey do you remember track and trace you remember how that was supposed to be a thing
2: yeah it's a laughable idea now <clears throat> yeah, with as many cases like saying, I'm going to track and trace every fish in the sea. I was like, okay, good luck.
1: <laughs> um, do you have any resolutions?
2: Oh, well, fuck, I completely forgot about Um My New Year's resolution is to not catch, not catch coronavirus this year. Very good. I might end up being the only person in the country. <laughs> yes. It's suddenly become like a rare thing, like at the at start of like last year, it's like, well, did you know my oh, my friend, a friend of a friend got it? He's, they've, they've got coronavirus right now. And now it's like, I go to people going, I've never got it. I've not, I've still not got it. And no, not only that, I've not got sick once out of anything because I've, it turns out all the social distancing stuff works because I've not got, I've not got sick at all. And I'm normally <laughs> sick at least three times a year.
1: Yeah. It's it, it it all works out. I mean I I miss it. When I had coronavirus back in March, Phil, I was like a minor celebrity. You were.
2: You were. You were you were gonna be on um on Strictly, weren't you?
1: <laughs> I
2: was I was gonna do a
1: dance called The Cough.
2: <laughs> they were gonna call that series Sickly.
1: <laughs> See, Sickly Sickly Come, come Dancing. Come dancing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know if you know the cough Phil, but it's one of those like Big Bopper do the twist style fifties songs.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The can Bill Bailey would absolutely nail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody do the cough. <laughs> yeah, and the main move is like moving your your fist up to your mouth, right? And one after the other.
1: Like exactly, uh, yeah, and then like, <gasps> be- <laughs> and then like bending over and bending back. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah,
2: and then your partner comes and like slaps you on the back to time.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a little
2: drum solo <laughs> <laughs> on your
1: back. <laughs> Everybody do the cough like we did last summer.
2: <laughs> That's good. Uh, <laughs> I guess it'd be winter for this one. Yes, yeah, like,
1: yeah, yeah, and then the lyrics the um, last winter. Yeah, yeah like we did last winter. Um I, I, I can't stop like I can't stop doing the cough ever since I met that really cool man who came here from Wuhan, that whole thing. That's
2: good. I like that.
1: Yeah. Everybody do the cough. <laughs> that's it's good. It's a new craze that's sweeping the nation. Uh
2: shall we read some correspondence? We haven't in a while.
1: First correspondence we of twenty twenty one. Yeah. We'll we'll try and do some up to date stuff, listeners, and we will convene a great diet or diet uh conference a big meeting about the rest of it um we'll we'll figure out a way to to finally i know there's probably the 57th time i've said this but now with a lot full lockdown back we'll figure out a way we're to hosting do it. So, yeah, an emergency cobra meeting
2: about yeah, yeah. what to do with all this correspondence
1: <laughs> yes annoyingly our press conference does clash with boris's but uh, yeah
2: yeah yeah but do tune in
1: it's um, it's the COVID uh, cases graph in England going vertical, but it's our emails. <laughs> 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 uh, all right, let's read it. Some. All right, ring, letters, emails, phone calls, correspondence. All right, I have an up to date email nice
2: um now is this technically the first correspondence of the new decade are we going to be those kind of pedants
1: Ooh, that's interesting um oh yeah surely sure Mm. i think we've been through this actually on the podcast about something else yeah when does it start surely surely not though surely it starts after the zero no
2: Hmm. I remember when I was young, my mother saying, "Well, actually, 2001 is the first year of the millennium," and I got furious.
1: Is that? R- oh. Um.
2: Hey, look. It doesn't matter.
1: This is like that. Um. That screenshot of that debate about how old the footballer is on that forum. Do you ever see that? No. What's that? So this guy was like, uh, "Yeah, he's 28 or whatever," and then the guy's like, "No, he's 27 and a half." And the guy's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah but he's 28." It's like, "No, he's not." And they go, yeah, yeah, but you know, basically if you round up, he's 20, he's, he's he's 28. And the guy's like, yeah, except he's not there. (laughs) And there's this whole long debate between these two football fans about some footballer and his age and whether being halfway to an age makes you the age.
2: That's, that's funny.
1: Yeah. It's exactly the sort of chat you can imagine keeping you busy on a desert island.
2: (laughs) I always feel bad for those people who like, were getting into all that sort of, at home time wasting before the pandemic. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah.
1: Like you could have done all that now. Yeah, that's it. You've you've you haven't saved it up. You haven't saved it up. But then a lot of these people who've just been going out there and having actual fulfilling time, they don't have the skills to make it alone is, at
2: home. This is the other side of the coin. This is mm-hmm, the other mm-hmm. side. I've got people like to me and what am I going to do? I have to stay at home. It's like you yeah, then you stay at home. What? What's the problem? Yeah, it's
1: like have, have you not? Have you not accidentally spent five hours doing various versions of nothing? Come on! I can do five hours on the toilet, just <laughs> looking at my
2: phone, having already done my shit at the beginning of the five hours, <laughs> with numb legs. Yeah, easy. They talk about me like a legendary samurai, but but about wasting time. <laughs> they say he can he can spend three whole days just. Just on one level of a game. <laughs> because he goes back to hear the dialogue
1: that he... He wasn't sure he got the first time around. He... he it, it, they talk about me, or they say... He it, he pointlessly insists on getting 100% of Steam achievements... If they seem plausible enough.
2: <laughs> Dude, I, I even like the achievements... That, like The jokey achievements for being really shit. Like, sometimes you play a game and you die... Ten times in a row, when you get the, the fucking stupid clown achievement unlocked for dying ten <laughs> times in a row. And part of me said, like, ooh, I got the fucking stupid clown award.
1: Yeah, yeah there's no way to displease the rat brain. <laughs> there really isn't. <laughs> um, so we have um, an email from Jack. Oh,
2: Jack Sprat could eat no fat, but he sure could write some great correspondence.
1: Very nice. Thank you. Very nice. Dear Crappy Chappies. <laughs>
2: yes, I've missed this.
1: Yes, you may recall my last email when I told the tale of my newborn son's first ever poo. Ooh, remind me. A pure black bubble. Oh, right,
2: yeah, 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 the one that was heavy like a black black hole, like a, de- like a yeah. dying star.
1: A pure. A pure black bubble that earned him the nickname of Bog Bum Baby in this very pod.
2: bog bum baby (laughs) like
1: an evil swamp Yeah. well
2: he's my bog bum baby
1: (laughs) he's pooping like crazy (laughs) my baby got a bog bum (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he says well in the years since he has grown into a lively little boy happy and healthy as can be
2: oh wow I don't think we've had like a catch up with a a bud pod baby,
1: yeah. Um, and yet I couldn't help be slightly disappointed by the lack of any more interesting poo stories from the small pooing machine. Wow, a one hit, a one shit wonder. <laughs> a bumshit blunder.
2: <laughs> <I wasn't> even... <laughs> the next level. The next level of these always makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> the next level happy poonia to crappy poo smear it just makes no (laughs) sense (laughs) and this as well the the bum shit blunder
1: although I didn't instantly think of Boris Johnson when you said that I just like the fact that it makes no sense because it it gets to the point where you're essentially talking by just going poo shit bum wipe bum poo (laughs) just pathetic stupid Um, it sounds like an
2: aneurysm when you say it it sounds like you're having a live stroke
1: yeah 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 this is the final podcast and the the rest of the recording is just you trying to call the authorities Um, (laughs) uh, so he says uh, couldn't be slightly disappointed by the lack of any more interesting poo stories from the small pooing machine there was the time he crapped onto the kitchen floor when being carried naked to the bath and there's been the odd foul smelling nappy but nothing really to write harm about Alright, mm, until about. today, that is. Oh, great! My wife was changing his nappy and noticed that in the nappy was a whole grape. Wow! <laughs> oh my gosh!
2: Grapes are the cockroaches of the fruit world. They can survive in any environment.
1: Yeah, this is it. The, after the apocalypse, it'll just be grapes.
2: This. So this baby's making like baby wine, basically. It's it's <laughs> got its own specialized grape process. That's That's mad.
1: Do you think it would make really good wine, like those coffee beans that go through civets?
2: That's right. That's right. That's so, only about um, um the guy um in Basaba who told me, like in his tribe, he talked about this tribal way of preparing deer meat. No. Of, so they kill a deer and they feed it to a dog and then um they squeeze it through the dog's indigestions, uh, the digestion system digestive tract they squeeze it through and and then and they eat it having sort of ceviche it in the dog's stomach acid
1: no <laughs>
2: yes sir <laughs> dog vomit deer meat well, it's not vomit, because it doesn't come out of the mouth. That would be gross, Pierre. It comes out of its anus. Okay, as long, as long as it's been covered in vomit, and then some shit, and then an anus. That's right. So, very very similar the, process to this baby's uh, vinification.
1: What do you think the dog thinks is happening there? Well, first, it's over the moon. <laughs>
2: Can't believe the luck. <laughs> wow, all this raw deer meat for me... Mm-hmm. No, you? why is everyone watching? You, you don't have to watch. I appreciate it, but you can go on yeah. with your business. Wait, oh, uh, hey, what are you doing? Wait. No, no, no! Don't squeeze it I've really... No, oh, what
1: the <laughs> heck? What? Uh, oh, what are you doing that? But also, like, no, it would, no, it, it would initially what? have thought it was a massage. <laughs> a venison dinner and a massage. <laughs> that is, how hard is it to light a fucking fire? Honestly. <laughs>
2: Well, it's very wet in the rainforest. Pierre, lighting a fire isn't always as
1: easy as you might think. I would try and light ten thousand fires before I thought of that.
2: <laughs> uh, also, I I I'd eat raw raw deer before I
1: thought of that. Yes. <laughs> If someone in my tribe said, what if we make the dog eat it and then we push it through the dog out its ass and then we eat it? I would say, you get out of this tribe. <laughs> we do not need that kind of idea here at the tribe brainstorming session. There, there are no bad
2: ideas at the brainstorm, but that, except that one.
1: Yeah. Acid dog That's anus deer idea. meat <laughs> is a bad idea. So he says, uh, in the nappy was a whole grape fully formed. So he goes on While he does eat grapes, they are always chopped up to prevent a choking hazard. Ah. Initially my wife was concerned. Had she given him a whole grape by mistake? Or had it reformed? Had he somehow reached the grapes without us knowing?
2: Right, right, right. Am I the only one who thinks I might have reformed in his stomach? Like a little jigsaw. That's right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Like he'd eaten um oh sorry, these are Terminator brand grapes. <laughs> it says here they will be back. That's good. <laughs> but suddenly he says a theory formed in my wife's mind, like a grape and a nappy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. What's a theory? I'm on I'm on the edge of my seat here. And she hopped onto Google to confirm her suspicions. Now, one of my son's, he says, one of our son's favourite things to eat and something he has on a regular basis are raisins. Oh! What a theory. Sitting perfectly in his nappy on the living room floor was a resurrected raisin.
2: No, that's amazing. Like one of those sort of add water and grow me dinosaurs. Yes. And put in a jug of water.
1: Yes, and he said, caused to swell by the moisture
2: in the turd. That's amazing. Wow, I wonder what... that. Yeah. Fantastic. I guess it wouldn't have looked like... So at first I was picturing like a red grape, sort of shiny, with skin taut, like fresh grape. But I guess I what was... I are talking about is it's a slightly wrinkled grape.
1: Just slightly. First of all... Can I just say, it's interesting that I was picturing a white grape. Very problematic, Pierre, and you need to yes. work on that. Yes. Um, and also, yes, I was imagining it looking a bit like um, a party balloon about two days after the party. Yes, that is that is perfect. That's
2: actually made up for uh, your racist uh, grape assumptions.
1: Yes, it's important to, for t- <laughs> people to realise that if you're good enough at words and art it can balance a lot of stuff out. That's right. You
2: still need to do the work though, Pierre. You still need yeah. to step back and do the work, but um that good yeah. analogy was a, a very important step forward.
1: I've got to I've got to step back and do the work and be better, and not be taught by anyone, but to do my own I don't remember the rest of it, but yeah. You need to you need to you need to
2: learn, but you mustn't ask anyone to teach you. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And you need to you need to do the work, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, but it shouldn't feel like work.
1: No, it should feel great. That's right. Um, so yes, uh, my, he says my son had gone from having a bog bum to a magical life giving poo. It truly is a miracle, Lazarus baby, Lazarus baby. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's a baby you've if you have anything broken you feed it to this baby and of course it's all the 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 faustian edge to it is that it comes out in a lump of shit but it does come out fixed
1: yes yes the, the, and until the baby
2: this, is a, this is a repair shop episode i want to see <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is like uh until the until until the, the baby is an adult he will only be able to handle small necklaces jewelry that kind of thing that's right, that's right. Um but who knows with enough training, um
2: pianos, uh cars
1: in, in Microchips. His, in
2: his... Mike well I get you could probably do microchips now. Very
1: intricate of course, but size wise appropriate. Yeah, they just it will take longer for him to digest with his fixing stomach. That's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A of soldering to do in there. <laughs> Magically reviving a, a, a grape with your own ass is, <laughs> <laughs> is the sort of thing that in days gone by would have had a, a procession of, of, of women wearing shawls queuing up to, to weep at it. That's right. <laughs> yeah, this baby could start a cult easily. People would come to visit the bum grape from miles around and they would whip themselves while walking towards it down country lanes.
2: I can very, see, my, very much see myself watching a Netflix documentary about with grainy footage of people lining up to bow at a baby yeah. before the before, and going it was unbelievable uh, what he achieved and then it goes to like <laughs> the credits the title credits and <laughs> close ups of a grape the title
1: <laughs> the title would be uh, risen raisin <laughs> or yeah, it would yeah. be like it would it would come up as raisin and then the a would fade out and it would be risen
2: very good yes yes, perfect. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah very good
1: and there'd be an interview with like you know some some kind of like incredibly respected sort of civil rights figure and poet who'd just be like in a way it didn't matter if it was real or not. What mattered was the story the story well what, what what
2: the baby was offering people it, it, it wasn't money it wasn't it wasn't success or fame it it was a second chance. <laughs>
1: It was redemption, <laughs> <laughs>
2: and of course all the grapes they could eat.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and fresh fruit, <laughs> which is good.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, and then I black white Bog picture Bum. of the...
2: They called him Bogbom. People <laughs> would line up to see
1: Bogbom. Yeah, an interview with the parents when he was born. He wasn't. Um, he certainly wasn't sh- uh, shitting out fresh fruit,
2: <laughs> but uh, we knew that he wasn't a normal baby. Uh, we we yeah. found a, a poo that was perfectly spherical and perfectly black, and um, uh, in that moment, we knew this: this is no ordinary baby. This is no ordinary <laughs> bump.
1: There's a, a, a slow zoom on a black and white picture of like the Pope kissing the grape or something. <laughs>
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's when things just kind of went crazy, and like the cover of Time magazine is the baby, and yeah, 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 and the, like the, the Spice the...
1: Girls are holding
2: the grape, and <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's, a, there's a there's a there's a slightly blurred picture of Kanye West trying to steal the grape. Um. So he says, Jack says, have a crappy poo rear, and let's hope for a good twenty plenty bum.
2: Yes, I, I, yes I, I want to see the crappy poo rear of 2020. That's what I want to see.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. Oh, my God. Thank you, Jack. That's, um, It's um,
2: that's
1: great to, to great update. Thank you for the update, Jack. Um, and enjoy the grape, the of update. course.
2: Enjoy the grape. Hope it's delicious. And
1: enjoy the grape. You've earned it. <laughs> for God's sake, you've earned it. Um. I will also um any anyone listening who can be bothered, if you could Photoshop the Risen Raisin intro <laughs> scene, <laughs> That would be great. That would be a great um that's a great opportunity to but then again I have Photoshop these days. Maybe I'll start doing uh little little pictures. Who knows? These who knows days, how bored I'll get. These days Pierre has Photoshop. These days he's finally gone and got it. Um what a fantastic email to kick off the new year with. Thank you, Jack. That's a that was a Pod, yeah, it was a plat- real platonic ideal of a
2: mm. of a of a bud pod email. It was poo based, of course. There was um, a biblical element in Lazarus. Yep. Yep. Um, we ended up with another great TV show idea. It's a classic, yes. classic bud pod correspondence.
1: If we were Americans, we would just be being brought Diet Cokes by a PA in a boardroom constantly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, we'd be chained up like the only fertile man in in the village to a post <laughs> and they would come to us and and, pu- and like poke us with a stick and feed us a bit of bread and water and they say what what have you got
1: yeah and we go there and say oh, it's a they'd, documentary
2: they'd... about a baby that turns raisins into grapes
1: <laughs> please
2: meat. and they go Thank you. And they walk away.
1: Yeah. And then they'd sometimes they'd bring us the raw materials. They go, we found an old man who um he's only got one eye, but it's like, uh it's perfect. It's amazing. And he does these tiny sculptures. And then we're just trying to pitch off the back of the various, like, w- like unusual stuff they've just found.
2: Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and then we, we try and give notes as well. Does he have to be old? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm thinking a two part mini series. What's the B story here? <laughs> <laughs> Do we have the rights to the music?
2: <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, uh,
1: fucking hell. Well, crappy Poosmere, one and all.
2: Crappy Poosmere, everybody. Um,. Thanks for sticking with us. Um, we'll, yep. we'll, There'll be more correspondence. More good times. Um, and I mean, what else are you going to do? Fundamentally, yeah. what else are you going to do but listen to us piss, piss all on, piss is. about
1: and fart on about piss and farts. <laughs> That's right. Stay safe, guys. Don't get the Rona. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Hi